Well, good morning, church. It's so good to be with you this morning. Uh, you know, we try and make a habit of it in our house to, to pray before bedtime. Uh, it's, it's not uncommon for us to, to kneel around the bed and uh, to pray with one another. And, and sometimes the, the prayer is short, and sometimes it's a little longer, and uh, sometimes it's cute, and uh, sometimes it's more in-depth. But we try, we try really hard to, uh, to make this routine in our house. And sometimes when we sit and we pray together, I will uh, ask if anybody wants to pray. And just the other day, my son, uh, my seven-year-old son, whose name is Simon, uh, we, were, we were praying, uh, gathering together like we normally do, and he said, hey, I'll, I'll pray, I'll pray, Dad. And the prayer that he prayed was really so profound that his preacher dad the person that is preaching this sermon on prayer, the doctor of ministry, that <laughs> he looked at his son, heard his prayer, and really began thinking, I want to pray like that. I want to connect with God like that. I want to get in touch with God the way, the way my seven-year-old gets in touch with God. I want to meet God in prayer like my seven-year-old son. Now, I wish that I could have uh, recorded that prayer and had it for you so that you could hear uh, the innocence of a seven-year-old praying to God. But it went something like this. Dear God, thank, thanks for the day. Thanks for everything that you did for us today. God, we read about Noah and the ark and and. Thanks for getting rid of evil people. And God, we sang about your light. So let our light shine. Thanks for all the good things I got to do today. Thanks for all the fun I had. Help us to sleep well. Amen. And that was my son. That was my son speaking to God, talking to him and making his requests known to God, connecting with God getting in touch with God, meeting with Him uh, in a few seconds of prayer. You know, church, the longer that I live, the more experience that I have, the more I'm convinced that, that prayer is our opportunity to connect with God. That this habit of prayer, this routine of, of talking to God and making our requests known to Him is where we will meet God. That when we pray, we will get in touch with the God of the universe. If you've been following along with us, you know that uh, we are in this series called Holy Habits. And the whole objective to this entire series has been uh, to help all of us get in touch with our inner spiritual life and begin to mature in our relationship with God. The goal of this whole series called Holy Habits is to, uh, to really establish stepping stones of maturity uh, so that we can be on a pathway for God uh, to create maturity uh, and growth uh, and, and inner invigoration to our lives with God. 
And so that we can do that this morning, we are going to talk about the holy habit of prayer. Uh, we're going to talk about this routine where we talk to God, uh, where we talk to Him, where we converse with Him and make our requests made known to Him. We're going to talk about uh, this spiritual habit where we get in touch with God, where we connect with Him. And we're going to do that this morning by looking at a number of biblical characters, a number of people in the Bible who both write about prayer and who pray. We're going to find this morning that there's expectations on the Christian in regards to this thing that we call prayer. That God has requirements for you and I uh, in regards to how we go about talking to Him. We're going to find out when we should pray. We're going to talk about the timeline. About when we meet with God. And we're going to talk about a lens. Actually, two lenses that God gives us to know how we can pray well. So that we have clarity on how we can go about meeting God's expectations and requirements for how we pray. And we'll touch on just the results of prayer. We'll touch on some of those outcomes to prayer that we so desperately want. We begin this morning just talking about God's expectations for Christians in regards to prayer. We begin by talking about the requirements that God has for when we talk to Him. There might be no other better place to begin than with Jesus, the Son of God. And Jesus, on one occasion in Matthew chapter 6, uh, talks about and clarifies, He crystallizes for us this expectation of prayer. So join me, would you please, in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Uh, Jesus is talking here about a number of items. He's talking about giving, praying, and fasting. In each of those things, these three pillars of the Jewish religion, uh, Jesus is interested in our approach. Uh, he's trying to correct our motives so that we come uh, with the right, uh, right motive, the right uh, approach, the right purpose in mind when we come to do these things. Uh, it's His initial words, however, uh, that clarify the requirement for Christians, those who follow Jesus in regards to prayer. Uh, listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5. I want you to listen just to this first couple of words. And when you pray. And when you pray. Now, Jesus is going to go on and talk about a number of other things, but uh, He clarifies the expectation and the requirement uh, by opening up and saying, and when you pray. 
the expectation upon you as someone who says that they have this desire to follow Jesus in their life is that you would be a praying people, uh, that you would be in regular conversation with God, that you would talk to Him and make your requests known to God when you pray. Not if you pray, not if you get around to praying, but when. When you pray, there's this expectation. And if that weren't enough, if the words of the Son of God were not enough, the other examples that were given throughout Scripture of biblical character, one after another, uh, is that God expects His people uh, to converse with Him, to get in touch with Him, uh, to talk to Him and make their requests known to Him by praying to Him. Think of biblical characters that you know of. Ask yourself, did they pray? Did they talk to God? Did they make their requests known to Him? Uh, were they about connecting with God and getting in touch with God? Were they meeting with God in prayer? Abraham? Oh yeah, Abraham definitely prayed to God on multiple occasions for multiple reasons. Elijah the prophet? Oh, again, multiple times for multiple reasons. David? Moses, Paul, each one of them becomes this model and this example of characters who desired to connect with God, who desired to meet God, who wanted to get in touch with God, and in order to do so, they said, I am going to pray. This holy habit of prayer, it seems to be that it's a requirement, that it's an expectation for those who want to live on God's team, who want to be part of uh, God's people. So if prayer is this expectation, uh, when should we do it? When should we pray? Uh, when should we make sure to mark our calendars with pray? If we were to go into our Google calendars, uh, when should we schedule the meeting with God? On a regular basis, when should we look to pray? And the answer might surprise some of you. According to God's Word, we should pray all the time. According to the Scriptures, we should pray every day, every moment, every minute, all the time. According to God's Word uh, that has authority in us uh, and around us, uh, the Bible says we should pray always and continually and on all occasions. On one occasion, Paul, who is a preacher and he's preaching to a congregation, and he's just gotten done giving and delivering a wonderful image, a spiritual image of protection of the armor of God. He's just finished, in fact, uh, talking about the helmet of salvation. And in Ephesians 6, toward the end of this wonderful letter, he writes about prayer. 
He says in verse 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Pray. Pray always. Pray on all occasions. And this isn't the, first, this isn't the last time that Paul is going to uh, tell churches that uh, they ought to constantly be praying. In fact, in the book of Philippians, when he writes this church, as he closes that letter in chapter 4 and in verse 6, listen to what he says in regards to when we should be praying. He says it has to be always. Uh, Listen to chapter 4 and verse 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Uh, You ought to be praying. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, uh, as he talks about the, the coming of the Lord and the hope that it provides, he reminds them that they ought to pray continually. Uh, do you begin to, to see that there is a, that there is a, cons, a, a consistency, a constance to, uh, to how we ought to go about approaching the throne. Uh, that if we want to be able to connect with God, uh, that if we want to get in touch with God, if we want to make sure that we uh, talk to God and make our requests known to God, that if we want to meet God, then we have to open up our Google Calendar and open up every single hour of every single day, every moment and every minute, uh, ought to be on a, on, a, on a bar on our calendar that says, Meeting with God. Well, what does that mean? It means that right now, I ought to be praying even as I'm preaching this sermon on prayer, that that there ought to be something inside of me that that is calling out to God, that's crying out to Him, that's talking to Him and making my requests known to Him. That I'm making a meeting with God right now. It means that, that for Nick, our technical director, as he films this whole sermon, it means that he is engaged in, in this habit of prayer, even as he works and pushing buttons and, and making sure that the sound is doing what the sound ought to do, that, that he is uh, having this desire to connect with God. To make sure that, that he has this inner uh, working desire to say, I want to get in touch with God. It means that when you go to the ball game later on this afternoon or later on this week, that as you pull your car in, you ought to be praying. It means that when you walk down your stairs uh, so that you can uh, put a load of laundry in, it means that you ought to be praying. It means that when you get under your car and you're going to change the oil or work on something that mechanically isn't working properly, that you ought to be praying. It means that when you walk down the street with, 
with all of your neighbors and your friends. It means that uh, you ought to have some sense, even as you carry on a conversation with the neighbor who is walking with you, uh, that there would be a sense of your life uh, that is praying, that you're talking and making your requests known to God. It means that when the air conditioner goes out in your car or in your house or you have to replace your furnace, that you're praying. It means that when there's a great celebration and maybe there's a wedding and, and you're celebrating a, a, a life coming together with another life, you're, you're praying. Uh, do you get the sense of what we're doing here? Uh, what God is saying through His Word is that uh, when we talk and make requests to God, when we connect with Him, it ought to be happening all the time, on all occasions, anytime, anywhere, for any reason, we ought to be praying. Now some of you are thinking, that is just crazy. How in the world am I supposed to go about my daily life praying all the time? How is every moment and every minute supposed to belong to God? How is it that my calendar is supposed to be filled with red lines that say, uh, meeting with God right now? I mean, Mike, I still have a, a job to do. I have kids to raise. I have, I have laundry that needs doing. I have conversations that need having. I need emails that need sending. I need uh, text messages that I have to get out. I have business deals that I have to do. I have farm ground that needs tilled. How in the world am I supposed to pray continually? How am I supposed to pray always? How am I supposed to pray on all occasions? Well, once again, the biblical authors who write about prayer and those who practice prayer give us a hand in answering that question. But in answering that question, I want you to, I want you to know that you have to be able to reframe your sense of what you have known prayer to be. In its very basic sense, prayer is just talking to God and making our requests known to Him. It's expressing to God who, who He is and who we are and, and trying to meet Him where He is so that uh, we can connect with Him and get in touch with Him. That's, that's what prayer is. Uh, but generally speaking, we have often thought of prayer like this. I need every eye closed and every head bowed and I need to cross my hands. And I need to be silent. Maybe it is that you've thought that in order to really pray, you need to get on your knees or, or lay down before God. And all of these wonderful positions of our prayer are, are, are wonderful. They're delightful, in fact. Sometimes our position demonstrates the, the place of our heart in desiring to connect with God. Uh, sometimes as we get down on our knees, we're saying to God in our position of prayer, uh, God, I desire to know You. I want to meet with You today. I want to get in touch with You. And so sometimes uh, when we pray, we, we bow our heads and we close our eyes in order to say, God, this time is reserved for You. But if we are to pray continually, we can't do that all day, can we? We can't always have our head bowed and our eyes closed and our hands clasped. 
So how do we do that? Well, Paul, the guy who just told us that we ought to be praying continually, he gives us, he gives us a clue by, by marking the role of the Holy Spirit in prayer. You see, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit that God gives to you and I. Uh, our life, our physical bodies actually become the place where, where the Holy Spirit dwells. It's God in us. And he begins to talk about the role of the Spirit in praying and interceding before the God of heaven for us. How do we begin to pray continually on all occasions? Well, we walk in step with the Spirit of God that He's given as a gift for the lives of those who follow Him. In Romans chapter 8, Paul says of the presence of the, of the Spirit in chapter 8 and verse 26, he says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Uh, it's the Spirit of God uh, living in us. And, and as we grow and as we mature and as we have this desire uh, to get in touch with God, to connect with Him, to meet with Him, uh, the Spirit is in our thoughts and in our hearts and in our desires and in our breath and in our heartbeat uh, just expressing to God uh, the will that we have to be about what He's about so that we can continue to meet with Him even though we're busy doing something else. I think Jesus in His model prayer the one that He gave His disciples when His disciples asked Him, uh, Jesus, how do You want us to pray? Teach us to pray, Jesus. The model prayer that He teaches His disciples in Matthew chapter 6 and again in Matthew chapter 11, in this model prayer that He gives over, Jesus teaches us a couple of lenses. Lenses of relationship that aid us in understanding how we can go about praying and praying continually. The Spirit of God is in us. We pray in the Spirit. But Jesus breaks it down into relationships. In both of those examples of the model prayer, in particular the one in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus teaches His disciples to pray, there are two sections to the prayer. In the opening section of the prayer, it is all about God. Your name, your kingdom, your will. God, this is about You. We want to obey You. We want to do Your will. We want Your kingdom to come. We want Your name to be made holy. In the second half of the prayer, it's actually all about us. Give us our daily bread. Uh, forgive us our debts. And keep us, us from our temptations. 
In, order, in other words, deliver us, lead us to righteousness. It is God, and then it is us. And it got me thinking that perhaps as we think about prayer, we can pray continually with the Spirit's help by reading our prayers through the lens of relationship. The first one is God and us. And the second is God and others. Let me take the first lens. God and us. You see, Jesus, when He was praying in John chapter 17, was very aware it was Jesus and God. It was Him and the Father. And the first lens that may allow us to begin to get into a mindset uh, is going throughout our day praying God and us. It's the kind of prayer that might sound something like this. God, I desire You today. God, I want, I'm going into this meeting right now, but I desire that Your presence would be with me in that. God, as I go into my office space, I need Your character uh, to just bleed through all that I say and all that I do. Uh, may the characteristics that You have taught me in Your Word as I have gotten to know You, may they, may they come out of my pores as if they were sweat pouring out of my brow. It's the sort of prayer that, uh, that we just begin to say over and over and over again, God, I, I desire You. I want You. I want to be a person of godly character. I want to be a godly spouse or a godly parent. Uh, Lord, would You help me? Would You teach me? Would You show me? Would You guide me? Uh, would, would You delight in me? Uh, would I be a blessing to You? Uh, Lord, make me blameless. Uh, help me to be one with You as You work in this world. Uh, get me in touch with you this is the God and us kind of prayer and it's that relationship that as we go through the day uh, we're, we're consistently saying those things it's a stream of consciousness as we walk from one room to another as I preach right now uh, as Nick pushes buttons uh, as you sit uh, in cars or in pews or on your on your couches in your home uh, this is the stream of consciousness God I need to be changed show me your ways O Lord it's Jesus as He goes into the Garden of Gethsemane and He says, not My will, but Yours be done. It's God and us. The other lens that I think Jesus gives us here is God and others. God and others. This is the kind of prayer I think that sometimes we call intercessory prayer. It's the God and others prayer. It's where uh, you and I begin to pray throughout our day, uh, not for ourselves, but for to God, for other people. Uh, we go about our day saying, God, I, I know that there's this person in need of your prayer, and there's this person in need of your healing. Uh, they need uh, emotional healing or physical healing. Uh, maybe it's that kind of prayer where you just begin to pray over a child or over a spouse or maybe over a friend or maybe over an enemy and you just begin to pour out uh, maybe your request that, you would, that they would be blessed by God. And sometimes it's a prayer of lament. And Jesus did say, 
Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. This is one of those intercessory prayers of God and others. And you wrestle with that prayer. And maybe you pray psalm, uh, 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 you pray a psalm of lament where you're like, God, this is my enemy and this situation really stinks and I really wish that you would do something about it and I wish you would, I wish you would uh, demonstrate your power and your might and your vengeance in their life and I wish you would do it right now. It's the kind of prayer that Paul prays and, or asks for prayer in Colossians chapter 4. He says, hey, pray for me that I would deliver the good news as I should. Help me to be bold in the good news of Jesus. He says, pray that God would open doors for that to happen. I think that that God is saying, hey, uh, there is God in us prayers and there is God in others prayers and this is, these are the lenses through which we can talk and give our uh, requests to God. This is how we connect with God. This is how we're going to uh, get in touch with God. This is how we're going to meet God in every single moment. This is how we're going to pray continually. We're going to look at all the relationships that we could possibly look at between God and us and between us and others, and we're going to pray to God for them, and we're going to pray continually. Now, I've got to be honest with you. There's one, there's one uh, question that really bugs me about prayer, and maybe it bugs you too. Every time I talk about prayer, everything I, every time I think about prayer, I think of the tension of the results of prayer. I always think of the tension of the outcome of prayer. I mean, the Scriptures are, 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 are no stranger to the outcomes and the results of prayer. Oftentimes, people pray things and, and things happen. People get healed. People are changed. God sometimes even seems to change His mind about what He was planning to do. I mean, Jesus Himself said, ask, seek, and knock. I mean, time and time again, uh, he, he seemed to be saying, hey, if you pray, uh, and it's within my will, uh, then what you pray for, I'm going to do. And I don't want to back away from any one of those words of Jesus. If Jesus said it, then He meant it and we can believe in it. But I also don't want you to leave here or leave your couch with the sense that, that prayer is some sort of mechanism or lever uh, where we just crank it up and God suddenly gets up and does something. You know what prayer is really all about? Prayer as a holy habit, this routine, it's about connecting with God. It's about you and I getting in touch with God. It's about you and I saying, I'm going to meet the Father of the universe. And so church, I'm, I'm going to challenge you to pray. I'm going to challenge you to pray continually. I'm going to challenge you to maybe begin prayer today. I'm going to ask you to pray. Maybe as you walk out, I'm going to ask you just internally to, 
to think about what the Spirit would say to your spouse, to your children. How, how, would, God con- how would you connect with God in prayer? How would you talk to Him and make your requests known to Him about your children? Maybe this week, what you can do is you can walk around your neighborhood. Some people call it a prayer walk. And you can walk around your neighborhood and you can just pray. And you can, as you walk, you can just uh, let your requests and you can talk to God and you say, I'm going to meet you, God, as I walk through my neighborhood. I'm going to pray for my neighbors. Maybe you do that in your workplace. You walk down the hallway. I'm going to pray for my colleagues. Maybe you walk down the center aisle of, of the church and you say, I'm going I'm to pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. But you're going to pray. You're going to make there, there be an activity in your life this week where you say, I'm, I'm just going to talk. I'm going to make my request known to God. Because I want to meet with God. Because I want to get in touch with Him. Because I want to connect with Him. It wouldn't be right if I preach a sermon and not invite you into a prayer. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you just where you are to pray with me. Gracious Holy God, repeat after me if you want. Gracious Holy God, grant that I could learn to pray to connect with you. Help me to meet with you as I talk to you. Help me to get in touch with you in prayer. Give me the courage to pray anytime, anywhere, for any reason. Amen. Church, pray. Pray. For when you do, you'll meet God. God bless. Bye-bye.